Now let's look at this. I want this is what I want to say. We're, we are comparing Christ to the angels, and we're also comparing the angels. I want you to listen to me. I think you can learn some things. I've been trying to establish something all month, and uh, hopefully by next week, which will be the end of the month, I'll be finished with this. Of course, it can never be finished. There's so much to say. But this is so amazing when the writer of Hebrews wrote these words. You know, really look at what he's saying here. God never promised an angel that they'd have dominion. God never promised one angel that they would have some authority within His kingdom or that they would be able to rule. Now we do know that Michael the archangel is a chief prince over Israel. He guards and protects and works for Israel. There's no doubt about that. All right, But there are princes out there. We talked about some of these Wednesday night that are ruling over the affairs of men and probably not supposed to. These are principalities that followed Satan and they're working behind the scenes in the affairs of men and a lot of things that we see going on in the news were driven from things, beings in the heavens. And so we're looking at Jesus versus the angels and how God is uh, actually compares Him to them. So look here in chapter 1 of Hebrews. In verse 7. And of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Now that's the purpose God made angels that we know of. To be ministering spirits and flames of fire. The most amazing thing. Their primary goal was made to be ministers. Ministers unto God served the God that made them. And then, look down at verse 14. It says, Are they not all ministering spirits? Here it goes. What are they ministering? Sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. So God has the angels ministering to men who will be heirs of salvation. Many of these angels rebelled over and they left their first estate. And they forsook the primary purpose. Didn't men do the same? God's just looking for somebody that'll be what He made them to be. And you know that's all success is, is to be what you're made to be for God. He created us. We're created beings. We did not make ourselves, right? So we are made with a, high, a purpose of a higher being who's God Almighty who gives us this wonderful calling to serve and follow Him. But these angels rebelled and they chose to obtain dominion for themselves. Now, I'm not going to go into the details of this, but in Amos chapter 4, the early chapter verses, it plainly talks about these beings that came from the spirit world and are being worshipped by men and forcing men to serve them when God said angels are to serve men. And God! That's their purpose. They became gods to people all over the world. Now, we don't know. Sometimes they would manifest themselves in some way. And people would... These false gods that are worshipped all over the world did not come by accident. Some guy did not grow up, wake up one day and said, I think I'm going to worship this thing called Dagon the fish god and make a god out of a fish. No, these things came from different ways. These came from angels who are forsaking 
their purpose for being on this earth. Now let's look back down here in Hebrews. Go back to verse 6. Hebrews 1.6. And again, now look, look, here's the timing. When? When He did what? When He bringeth in the first begotten into the world. He saith, let all the angels of God worship Him. Alright, so we have an amazing truth here that when the angels, when Jesus was born, significance of Him being in that manger, the one thing that was to happen was all the angels of God were to worship this babe. To worship the Christ child, the one who would become a man, and bring redemption to all men. Their job or their, their purpose was to worship Him. And this is a command. This isn't like, this is a good suggestion here. This is a command. You will worship My Son. Now there's a problem. His Son is a man. The man Christ Jesus. The miracle of the Incarnation. They are told to worship one who in Psalm chapter 8 said is a little lower than the angels. Men, we're not made like the angels. We're made a little lower than the angels. We are a lower creation than the angels. But through the redemption story and the redemption plan, if you get saved, you will be risen above them because you're in Christ Jesus. And you'll be seated with Him who is above all at this present time. So, what does the Bible say? Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. And you know why? It started with Satan. He was the first rebel. Lucifer rebelled against the plan of God and God's will and chose his own way. And he's a rebel. And he started this thing called witchcraft. Anybody who rebels against authority or against God's will or God's plan is following Satan. Even if it's angels. So let me give you quickly here a quick comparison of the sons of God. All right, so number one, Jesus Christ. He sent His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The only begotten Son of God. Jesus is, I'll say it again, He's the only man to ever be born the Son of God in the flesh. He's born. It's His begotten Son. This is very important. Now, we'll get to something here in a minute. Then you have Christians. Hey, I'm a son of God. I don't deserve it. But I'm born from above. Just I'm born. How is that happening? Well, we're steaming up this place. Am I talking that much? They, I think you hit the heater instead. Christians. Now think about it. Now Jesus is the Son of God by physical birth. Christians are sons of God through physical, uh, spiritual birth. This is very important to understand. We are also sons of God according to John 1, 12 and 13. But to as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on His name. John 3, 3 and 6, by being born again of the Spirit of God, we become the sons of God. Now turn over to 1 Peter with me. It quickly got warm, didn't it? 
First Peter chapter one. We're talking about Christians. Okay, you got Jesus, who's born the Son of God. You have Christians who, by spiritual birth, which is just as valid. What day did you get born again? That's the question. You know, when's your birth? We talk about Christmas being the birth of Christ. It's not. But there's a day when Jesus was begotten into the earth. This day have I begotten thee. I think that's Psalm 2 said I have begotten thee on a day. Well, same for me. It was early June 1982 when I got saved and I was born again. Look here in 1 Peter 1. Bless, and this is verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath what? Begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, there was no physical birthing took place when I got saved, were you? But you were surely begotten. Because it says begotten us again. Because we were dead. And we were raised and regenerated and came alive in our birth in the flesh. Think about that. Here's the difference. None of us were born by our own choosing. None of us. We were chosen by God to be born when and where we were with the procreation of our parents. Right? We didn't get to pick. Spiritual birth is by choice. Spiritual birth is faith. Spiritual birth is, I believe, on Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I get saved. I get born again. It's by choice. Does that make sense? So the first birth was by the will of our parents. The second birth was by the will of God because it says in John 1 uh, verse 13, it's not of the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. But we chose Him. Now look at verse 23 of 1 Peter. So it says we were begotten of God in verse 3. Now verse 23 tells us how. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, when you were born in this world, you were born of corruptible seed because you were born a sinful man. Got it from your from all the way back to Adam. We were all born in sin. It's corruptible. And without the, the, the salvation of Christ and, and the redemption of Christ in us, we're gonna be we're gonna die. It's corruption. The body will go to the grave and corrupt. So we're not talking about the body here. Being born again, not of the corruptible seed, here's the blessing, but of incorruptible, what? By the Word of God which liveth and abideth forever. You were born by the very Word of God. And the Bible says the Word of God abideth forever. That's what it says in verse 25. Please look at this with me. But the Word of the Lord endureth forever. This is the Word which by the Gospel is preached unto you. You get it through the gospel of Jesus Christ and the Word of God moves on you and you're born of that incorruptible seed and the Spirit of God rebirths you. Now, I have a Father. He's a heavenly Father. He's a spiritual Father. He's God Almighty. Now the question is, how about you? How about you? All right. First was Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. Second is the Christians. 
spiritually begotten sons of God. The third are the angels. They are called the sons of God. Now this is found in Job 38.7. Calls them the sons of God and the morning stars. Now what makes them different is there's no birthing with them. Direct creation of God. He made them all to be men. Anybody in here close to 33 years old? Others? No, not yet. You close? How old are you? You're getting close. Stephanie? Really? You know, 33 years old is prime of age. What? Did y'all know that? Prime of age. Did you know that's what Adam was made when he was created? Prime age. 33. Jesus died on the cross in his prime at 33 years old. The angels are young men made at 33 years old, but that will leave that way. I believe we will be 33 years old, top shape, perfect bodies, perfect, incorruptible forever and ever when we get to heaven. The angels have this. All right? So the angels, are they're, they're sons of God by created act. No procreation involved in this. This was all God. They did not have a spiritual birthing. They were created. The Bible says that they were created before the world began. So, here, here's, here's what I'm driving at here. One of the reasons Jesus is... Here's the reasons why Jesus is better than the angels. Better than the angels. Uh, he's the only begotten Son of God. They are not. I've said that often. He has a better name than they. For only through Him can men be saved. An angel cannot save one person. Jesus Christ, the name that is above every name, the Bible says that by this name is all name, every name under heaven. This is the one that saves Jesus Christ. You can get saved and go to heaven no other way. He ascended on high to sit through the throne next to His Father, which the angels could not. Remember, Lucifer tried on his own will. So this is important to understand these wonderful truths of God. Alright, now go back to Hebrews. We're looking at Hebrews today. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 13. Look what he says. But to which of the angels said he, did God say this to any angel? Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies my footstool. No. No. None of, God didn't say that to one angel. He said it to His Son. Jesus Christ, who was born of a virgin through the miracle of the incarnation and the virgin birth. And Jesus is all God and all man. And God said to Him, Come sit with Me right here in My throne and rule until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Now, look at chapter 2. Verse 5. But unto the angels hath He not put in subjection the world of come, whereof we speak. Not one angel is going to be in charge or ruling 
in the next world. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Uh oh. But a man will. See, no angel will, but a man will. Verse 7, Thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor and didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, the Lord Jesus Christ. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things under him. It hadn't, it's not over yet. When the end comes, Jesus will be Lord of all, ruling over all, everyone subject unto Him. All enemies will put, be put down under Him, and we will go into eternity with sin, death, hell, and the grave being defeated. It did not come via an angel. It came through Jesus Christ. Now, the conflict between God and the angels is very, very real. Now, they don't deny God's existence. That's foolish. He made them. They saw Him. There was no faith as far as I can see. They saw God on His throne. They watched God make the earth and rejoiced and shouted for joy at what God made, this wonderful place called earth. And all the creation of God. They watched these things. They believe in Him. They know but they don't believe on His Son. There's a rejection of some of these evil angels, the devil. Listen to James chapter 2, verse 19. Thou believest there is one God. Thou doest well. You know that's the beginning of getting saved, knowing that there's a God and that He created you. You're a created being. You have to admit that. The devils also believe and tremble. The devils know. They're just not getting saved. So the fight is not over God. The fight is over the second person of the Godhead whom God made all things through Him, including the angelic hosts. And so they don't reject the judgment of God. They reject a man being Lord of all. This is the mystery of godliness that we talked about at the first Sunday of our lessons. This is the first thing we brought up. The mystery of godliness is this wonderful act where God was manifest in the flesh. What are they? What are they? Now, when I say the angel, I'm not talking about the elect angels that are help you day in and day out every day of your life, and they're on the side of God. I'm talking about the fallen ones. One third of the angels fell and went with Satan. They are your great enemy. Thus, they rejected chapter one, verse six of Hebrews. They refused. To worship Him. Do you see the, the connection there? Now, I'll say some things again here. Man was created in a lower form, in a lower state than the angel. What? We're subject to gravity, to aging. We are terrestrial beings. We are limited to earth. We can't, I mean... 
you need a lot of jet propulsion to get you out of this atmosphere and end up in there. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have to defy gravity to do it. We're limited. Jesus was too as a man. He became as a man. He didn't become as an angel who can go to heaven and earth. Back, Bible, Satan can go into earth, can go into hell, go into earth, can travel in through the, through the uh, heavens. We can't do any of that. We're limited to this surface of the earth. Man being earthbound, we're tied by weakness and gravity to the earth. And David wanted to know, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Lord, what, why would you even think about us or the Son of Man that thou visitest him? God even comes to pay you a visit. And he's, David's saying, why would you do this? Knowing I'm just a humble man. Knowing you know me. And God knows us better than ourselves. David's asking these questions. Why? Well, don't you think the angels are doing the same thing? Why? Because they are looking into our redemption. They don't understand it. They don't understand it. It's not played out yet. They want to know why. They're perplexed. Some are angry over it. Man is not to them. We're just, you know, to an evil angel, we're just someone to toy around with like a cat does with a little mouse. And they love to see our demise. And they get pleasure out of watching us fall. But we have a Savior who conquers all, and he was a man. And he is our great mediator. So the conflict is over men. God gave dominion over the works of his hands to men. This is found in Psalm 8 and Hebrews 2. We just read it here. And the, the incarnation, I hope I understand. The incarnation is when God, the, 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 the word of God that was in, eternal in the heavens, never had a beginning, chose to become a man through the womb of a woman and have a physical birth. How unbelievable that is. And that puts man above the angels because the Lord of all is a man, Jesus Christ. I know I'm being redundant, but I'm trying to make this make it really stick in your heart uh, of what I see. Jesus became the lowest of all. The Bible says in Psalm 139, 15, he entered into the lowest parts of the earth, which is, uh, well, there's, it's more significant than that, but it's the womb of his mother, and uh, she's a secondary creation made for man. And he overcame sin and death. And he redeemed us back to God. And then he ascended back into heaven. Listen to this verse, Ephesians 1.20. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above all principality and power. Far above. They can't even get close and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but that which is to come. And so Jesus became Lord of all, even the angels. Every knee will bow to him. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's found in Philippians chapter 2, verse 10. Let's keep looking. We have a few more minutes. Stay, we're still in Hebrews chapter 2. 
And look at verse 14 with me. Hebrews 2.14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. He took on flesh just as we did so that he could destroy the devil's works. And then in verse 15, deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels. See that? He didn't take an angelic nature. What he, he took on him what? The seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. Amazing. That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the fallen angels. No. Of his people. Of the people of God. So we find for redemption to be accomplished, number one, he had to become a man. And then number two, he had to be out of the seed of Abraham. He couldn't just be any man. He had to come through Abraham. It says right there in verse 16, and the world hates this truth. Why is there anti-Semitism? The son of God was a Jew. They don't like that. They hate the fact that Israel produced the seed. Now next week, we're going to talk about what, more about that right there. They do not like the fact that God chose a people to birth his son through. They are separated chosen people. Actually, Israel's called my son. The nation as a whole, God calls them my son. They produced his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is why there's so much anti-Semitism and there's no real logical reason for it. And, the, and it's unbelievable. They hate Israel. They don't even know why. Little kids grow up hating Israel and they don't even know why. And their parents are teaching them to hate Israel and they don't even know why. They're teaching them to hate the country that put out their hope, your only hope, the Lord Jesus Christ. So I believe, and I'm almost finished, I believe herein is found the reason or one of the main reasons for a third of the angels rebelling and following Satan. <coughs> redemption. And by the way, redemption is the whole theme of the Bible. Now there's two things. Redemption and the, and the kingship of Jesus Christ. He will be Lord of all. Amen. And like I go back and say, he's a man. The man Christ Jesus. So, Satan hates this passionately. We through birth of faith, received what he wanted and then fell from. Salvation is for humanity alone. I can't find one place in the Bible where God provided any type of redemption for an angel. The Lord created man and then gave him promises that no angel could ever receive. All the promises of God are for men, not for angels. All I can find on angels are, are, are uh, judgments that are decreed against them if they rebel and don't do right. 
So, uh, I'll just throw this out there. It seems to me that the plan of redemption came after Lucifer fell. He didn't. God didn't tell him, if you fall, all this is going to happen. After he fell, God said, I'm going to make a lower creation and put you in your place with it. And it's called man. What is man that thou art mindful of him? In the son of man that thou visitest him. It's just unbelievable story of redemption. So, let me finish by saying this. The Bible makes it clear. Jesus was the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. He was slain long before the world was ever made. In God's mind, this whole plan was already in effect and going even before the angels watched him create the pillars and the foundation of the earth. It was revealed to angels through the church. Through Good morning. Through those saved. The Bible says the Lord knew all those that would believe in Christ from the foundation of the world. This is found in Ephesians. And he knew who they were going to be. And Jesus came for that very reason. And he fixed our eternal destiny upon these truths. Now, look over at 1 Peter one more time. It's interesting how Hebrews and 1 Peter are connected as they are. 1 Peter chapter 1. We're back to 1 Peter 1. And the reason it's written the way it is is because it's, it's showing you how true these things are. Here's a conclusion I reached, all right, right here, and then we'll read the verse. Lucifer rebelled with intention of advancing himself in the original creation of God. Then afterwards, God revealed his plan for men and man's dominion, making it clear before the foundation of the world would ever be created, he made it clear. Now, the Lord put man in the Garden of Eden, charging him, to keep dominion over that garden. Satan moved into the garden to thwart God's purpose, not realizing that God's ways are far above man's ways or, or Satan's. And way ahead of his ways, and the Bible teaches that one-third of the angels followed Satan's plan. I can prove it. That tail of that dragon that was in, that we'll read this next week, that tail whipped and drew one-third of the dragon. You know, that's the prophecies. It, it's a false teaching is the tell that draws men unto Satan. So let's look here in 1 Peter 1, verse 10. Or let's look at verse, yeah, verse 10. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that would come unto you. These are the men of the Old Testament who wrote the prophecies, not understanding them, Wanting to know the truth. Searching water, what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them which have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. 
So you have these angels. The holy angels are captivated by God's plan of salvation. They want to know more about it. The Bible says he's going to teach them wisdom and knowledge in ages to come. For those of us who are saved, us lowly men. But the fallen angels are repulsed by it and they rebel against it. They want no part and they're committed to fighting against it. And every time a person gets saved, Satan takes a big hit. Because a man who never saw heaven or saw Christ believed the word of God and got saved. To where angels who saw him outright rejected and rebelled. So faith overcomes even the fallen angels. So this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. All right. So let's, uh, let, if you have any questions or thoughts about what I'm teaching, please bring it up. We'll talk more about this next week. I, I'll try to conclude next week. Uh, have much to say, though. I want you to be convinced. Not so much some of the things that I'm saying I've never heard anybody teach. It's about when. Did the angels fall? When? The timing of it. It has to do with the birth of Christ. But let, let's pray. Father in heaven, I ask that thou would help us to know the truth. Be people of the book. We don't have our own philosophies. We don't let the world teach us what we believe and how to live. We, we study the word of God together. We learn it. We believe it. We ask that you would edify us through it strengthen us so that we could fulfill our purpose on this earth but we we don't understand why you would think of us and visit us and love us and save us and then give us all these wonderful promises but we know we'll understand it better by and by when we get to heaven and we see thy face we'll understand thy wonderful glorious plan and all we did was believe the gospel of your son Help us to be teachers and preachers of the word of God to others. We pray that many, many, many souls that get saved within this next year. And we ask that you bless us all, fill us with the Holy Spirit as we prepare for church. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.